Welcome to Sober Talk. I'm Dennis and I've lived experience of alcohol. If you or anyone you know is struggling with alcohol, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300-222-222 or check out their website on aa.org.au. I'll just run through the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other. They must solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses or opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is steer sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. Hello, my name's Jill and I'm an alcoholic. I started my drinking fairly early. I was about 15. I'd grown up in a house where alcohol was not around. Dad was a complete teetotaler and Mum would have a glass of sherry, you know, on her birthday or on Christmas Day, occasionally. But I went to a party when I was about 15 and somebody gave me a glass of screwdriver, vodka and orange. I didn't realise it was alcoholic and I started to drink it and I got this wonderful feeling of warmth and confidence and um, popularity washed over me and I kept on drinking it and my next memory that night was of somebody's mother putting my head under a garden tap. When I got home later on, dropped off, I don't remember by who, I my mother opened the door and I vomited over the, the welcome mat, mat. I was in a lot of trouble. But it didn't stop me drinking. I'd started, the switch had been flicked. I continued to drink. I was still at school. My girlfriend and I would get an older kid to get us bottles of port from the bottle and we'd decant them into tab bottles and off we'd go to, to parties or just catch the bus into town on a Saturday night with our tab bottles full of port and it became a real way of life for me as a 15-year-old. When I was about 16, my girlfriend learnt to drive and her uncle would lend her his little Morris Minor and we'd drive around. I, I liked to drive even back then, although I didn't have a licence. My girlfriend would tell me when to change the... would tell me when to put my foot on the clutch and she would change the gears and I would drive. We'd have a bottle of claret or something between us and we'd pass it back and forth. It was me that drank most of it. I realised that even at the time. Um, as, the, as time went by and I finished school and went to uni... I met someone who drank a lot, a man who drank a lot, and we ended up getting married. He was a violent alcoholic and he was an incredibly public drinker. And so my drinking went under the radar. I was the poor little, you know, 
downtrodden wife in the background, but I was also drinking a lot. Just wasn't as, as obvious. I had two children. I continued to drink. The marriage didn't, didn't work out. The violence was just too much. And I didn't want my children growing up in a house with, with violence. So I took the children when he was at work one day. We, we, we ran away. Um, and that strangely is when my drinking really took off because I had more money than I'd ever had before. My ex-husband had kept me very, very short of funds. Um, just enough to do, to do the, um, weekly shopping, not enough to buy the children clothes or myself clothes or anything like that because all the spare money went on his alcohol consumption. Um, so I found myself on a small but regular income and I started to drink quite heavily. Um, at that stage, I was still in my, in my twenties. And I was keeping it a little bit together for the sake of the children. I did foolish things when I was drinking and I did things that I that I was ashamed of as well. And I would swear off alcohol for a while, but I would, I would go back to it. I'd, I would always continue to drink and I would tell myself, look, next time I won't, I won't have as much. Next time I'll drink water between drinks. Next time I'll count my drinks. And all of these plans would work for about half an hour. And then I'd just, the alcohol, once, as soon as I started to be affected by the alcohol, I'd think, oh, what was I so worried about? I'm absolutely fine. I know what I'm doing. And I would, I would just continue, continue in the same vein as I always had drinking irresponsibly, drinking and driving with children in the car, drinking and letting my son, who was even not even 10, letting him steer so I could, you know, roll joints or open bottles or whatever. It was all just, you know, I thought I was the fun mum. I, I really believed I was a fun mum. Um, but Maybe it was just me that was having the fun. And it was only when I was drinking that I thought I was having fun. When I was sober, I would be often full of remorse. This behaviour just, it went on for so long. I didn't know about AA. Um, I, I stopped once for about four months, four months and 19 days. And I thought I had the problem solved. Um, I, I went to a, a friend's birthday and her husband passed me a glass of champagne and I hesitated and then I thought, well, after four months, you know, I know what to do now. But I didn't know what to do. And within half an hour, I was going up to the bar and ordering, ordering drinks that didn't look alcoholic so my daughter wouldn't be upset because my daughter and I got on a lot better when I wasn't drinking. We did things that were really, truly fun. We went horse riding and went to the beach a lot. Um, I, and these were the sorts of things that happened very infrequently during the times that I was drinking. Um, so that experiment failed. And it wasn't for about another, it was, it took about another 10 years before, and I'd moved back to Adelaide by this time and I had a full time job. 
I was working with people with mental health issues and I was helping them to assimilate back into the community after they were closing down Glenside and Hillcrest. And I kept it together mainly during the week, but I just couldn't wait for that Thursday night if I wasn't working Friday or Friday night so that I could really get stuck into the into the booze. And there were times when I would drink during the week and then I'd go to work and I'd be feeling a bit shaky and I'd be using lots of eye drops to try and disguise the bloodshot appearance of my eyes and I'd plaster on the foundation makeup to try and hide the red cheeks. But nothing, nothing hid the way I felt inside from me. I, I didn't, I, I was unhappy with my drinking. My life was lonely and unfulfilled. The only time I spent with people was really at work. I didn't have many friends. My friends all drank a lot. Um, and in my periods of trying to stop drinking, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend time with them and then their feelings would be hurt and it was, it, it, it wasn't a good way to live anyway. Um, beginning of 1998, I hit a real rock bottom. I'd done something again that I was ashamed of and this time there was fear as well. I'd done something that was potentially very dangerous. It was okay, nothing terrible had happened, but in my in the morning I, when I sobered up, I, I looked back on what I'd done the night before and realised that it could have had very bad consequences for me. Um, I'd gotten into the habit of walking on the, on railway lines when I was drunk as a shortcut and a train could have come from nowhere and bowled me over. It hadn't. Um, I was also doing other unsafe things with people I, I met in pubs and clubs. So anyway, I woke up this morning and I was full of fear and shame and guilt and remorse and... I stopped drinking and after about six weeks of this not drinking, I was almost, I was suicidal really for the first time in my life. I could not manage my life without drinking. I just couldn't do it, couldn't couldn't get by without alcohol by this stage. So in desperation, I went to my first AA meeting. It was a Friday night, it was down at Alberton. And um, I, I walked to that meeting full of fear. I took my dog with me. I, I, could, I couldn't go by myself. I walked into the meeting. I sat at the back. I cried all the way through the meeting. I thought nobody would notice me. Um, back in, that, in those times, there weren't many women at meetings, but there were two women there that were very kind to me. One of them gave me a a lift home afterwards, even though I only lived a short distance away. And I started going regularly, regularly to AA meetings. My life didn't improve at work because I was no longer part of the drinking culture. So previously on Friday nights, everyone would go down to the pub at Port Adelaide and we'd all sit around and talk rubbish and debrief after the week and get drunk and often I'd fall asleep at the table. Um, so I, I at first started still going down to the pub on a Friday night, but people didn't like me when I stopped drinking. People would say to me, oh, I don't trust someone who won't drink with me. So 
I, I gave that up as a bad job. And about a year after that, I quit my job and I moved up to the up to the hills where I continued to go to meetings. And my life really started to get better at this point. I went back to art school and I was very much enjoying the camaraderie of the people I met at art school. I still kept going to meetings for a while and then I met a, a friend who was also a sober alcoholic and we started to spend quite a bit of time together um, with her children as well and um, we would talk about our drinking days. We hadn't known each other as drinkers and we would talk about how grateful we were that we no longer drank. And because of this influence in my life, I the, the AA meetings started to slip away. Um, I did do a short stint as editor of the AA, um, LIMA, the, the newsletter, for two years, and that, that was beneficial. But after that, I stopped going to meetings completely. And after nearly 14 years of sobriety, I was at a friend's house, someone passed me a glass of wine and without much thought, I picked it up and drank it. And that started off the worst two years and two months of my life. I, my disease had progressed in the time I hadn't drunk. I was no longer just drinking once a week or once a fortnight and getting drunk and then having having a lot of time off before the next the next bout um i was now drinking every day i wasn't getting drunk every day but i was drinking many many cups of tea with brandy or cognac in it and then i was still binge drinking once a week or once a fortnight or twice a week or or whatever and by this time i'd bought a place up in the country about 130 k's from adelaide where i still live and I was just, I was just drinking uncontrollably, really. I wasn't drinking around the clock, but I would have my first drink at around lunchtime and then I would drink till I went to bed. Um, I didn't make any appointments for after lunch, not, not for, for hairdressing or doctors or dentists, anything like that. Everything had to be in the morning because I didn't want anything interfering with that lunchtime drink. Um, this went on, as I said, for oh, about nearly 26 months. And then I hit another rock bottom, luckily, um, because I'd tried to stop in that two years. I'd rung a sober member and asked her for help. And she'd said, well, you've got to start going back to meetings. And I was so full of shame and fear it was a pride thing. I didn't want to go back to AA and say that I'd picked up a drink. Um, so anyway, I'd, I'd, I'd hit this rock bottom. I'd, I'd been over to um, a, a town about 80 k's away and I'd been thinking of, of, of moving over there and I'd been looking at houses um, and I started to feel terribly lonely, terribly lonely, all the other people looking at houses seemed to be happy and, you know, in a couple or, 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 you know, with their mum and dad or at least with somebody in tow. And there was I, I had my two little dogs in the car, but I was basically by myself. And on the way home, I called in at a liquor store 
and I bought some alcohol and I started, I was drinking it in the car and when I got home, I that was a 50-kilometre journey of drinking. When I got home, I continued to drink and when I woke up in the morning, about 2.30 in the morning, I, I felt like my life was over. And when the, the little voice said, I've got to, you've got to go back to AA, instead of ignoring it or saying, no, 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 I can't do that, I thought, yes, yes, I really must. And um, I had an appointment that day or the next day in um, Murray Bridge. And as I was driving into Murray Bridge, I had the local radio on and, and um, there was an announcement that there was a new AA meeting in Tail and Bend. And oh, I just seized on it. I thought, this is it. This is, this is, this is meant to be. So I went to that meeting um, and um, that was April 2014. And I'm so very, very grateful to say that I have not had a drink since before I went to that, couple of days before I went to that meeting. The first time around in my sobriety, I didn't ever have a sponsor. I didn't do all the steps. I, I did steps one to seven, and then I looked at steps eight and nine, and they just looked too daunting, so I gave them a miss. I jumped up to step 10, 11, 12. Yes, 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 I can do those. So I never really cleaned house. And when I did steps four and five, it was all about what other people had done to me. I didn't acknowledge my character defects. I don't think I thought I had any character defects at that stage. I just was so full of pride and ego. This time around, I got a sponsor and I've still got my same sponsor. And I've, I do the steps. I'm, I've got the steps in my life. I do them every day. I run through the steps in my mind. Have I done anything to hurt someone else? What can I do about it? Who should I talk about it to? Um, I hand my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God. And I do that every day. I say the step three prayer every day. I've got a home group. I do service. I've got a few beautiful women in my life who I'm honoured to, to sponsor. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a such a fan of AA. Fan is a trite word to use, but I'm so grateful to the the founders of AA and all the people that have come before me. The sober members who, when I came back after my bust, were still coming to meetings. People with 40, 50 years of sobriety, 30 years, 20 years, still coming to meetings, still supporting newcomers. And that's what I want to continue to do as long as I can. So I'm just incredibly grateful to AA. If anyone's listening to this who's new or struggling, what what was said to me was keep coming to meetings, stick around till the magic happens. Early sobriety is not a bed of roses by any means. Early sobriety is challenging but any night that I go to bed, every night that I go to bed, I put my head on my pillow and I know I haven't had a drink 
I know that I haven't knowingly hurt anybody and I know that tomorrow will be a good day. The The worst day sober is a million times better than the best day drinking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a drink for anything, not for anything. Um, so as I said, if you're new, good luck. Keep coming back. Get right into the fellowship. If you hang around the edges of the fellowship, it's like hanging around the edges of a bed. You'll fall out. Get right into the fellowship. Go along to some camps, even if you don't do as I do and go along for the day. Meet meet more people. Get some phone numbers. It's a wonderful, wonderful journey and a wonderful, wonderful life. So all the best. See ya. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Bye. We have local meetings uh, for the full week in the local area. Uh, Monday is Gala meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday is Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Wednesday is Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Thursday is Two Wells at 8 o'clock and Friday is Salisbury at 8 o'clock. There's a meeting at Deveron Park at 12 o'clock and on Sunday there's a meeting in Salisbury at 7 o'clock and many other meetings in the area. For details of your local meetings, please phone 1300 And once again, if anyone you know is struggling with alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous. On thirteen hundred double two double two double two. The website is aasouthaustralia.org.au.